Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I'm Brian, here in North Texas, drinking with your asses, uh, joined by Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? Hey, Brian. Doing well. Good, 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 good. Beautiful, good, good. beautiful South Texas evening tonight. Yeah, I see Somewhere you're sitting out on the back patio, enjoying yeah. a brew or two. Oh, backport sitting. Yeah, no, I cracked the, I always forget the name of this one, the Coast to Coast. <clears throat> it's the last one I've got. The what? Oh, the uh, the Anchorage uh, other half collaboration. Yeah, yeah. So I I broke this one open. First beer slash drink of the night. All it right. is um, it's tasty. I mean, I gave the review last time, so yeah, good beer. Oh man. Well, I am drinking also a collaboration between Brain Dead and Celestial. I think I had it at the end of one of the last casts that we did. This is a triple IPA. Well, no, just mm. a regular double IPA, sorry. 7% oh, okay. uh, hazy IPA with Centennial Cascade and Vic Secret, which is all very standard stuff, but I will say... One second, hold on. <clears throat> yes. Vic, Se- Vic, Vic, Se- Vic Secret. So think Victoria's Vic Secret. Secret. Okay. Think Victoria's Secret, but a real, like, uh, everybody knows them. You know what I mean? Me and old Vic Secret over here. Okay, so Vic Secret, is that a... An American hop? No, that is a Southern Hemisphere hop. I can't remember if it's New Zealand or Australia, but yeah. pretty sure that's where it comes from. Um, Interesting. Yep, Australian. Okay. I was going to say, I think it and is they, a Galaxy off-breed. So, okay, quick question on that, because my ass always thinks of hop as being kind of a temperate crop. Right, so something you grow in a region that's not ever too hot, but can get cold. So, what is this Australian? So interesting fact: it's not necessarily not necessarily too hot, too cold, like you would find with grapes. Um, hops and growing patterns have more to do with the abundance and amount of sunlight throughout the day. So, okay, typically higher latitude areas, so Washington State, Oregon. Have are really really good hop growing regions. Same goes for Michigan, New York State. Um, uh, typically, we don't get enough sunlight uh, here in the southern half of the United States to grow like viable crops of hops. Okay. And so on the other side of the planet, Dionunda, <laughs> uh, if you will, that latitude is similar. So they have similar light patterns down there as they do in the 48th parallel in North America. However, with that so is, said... Is, sorry, is most of our hops grown like... Up north, north, north. Colorado and north? No, 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 like Idaho, north. Oh, shit, like Montana, yeah. Minnesota, those places. Yes, that, the, the part of the country that gets sunlight until like 9 o'clock at night in the Maybe summer. 12 and 12, essentially. A lot, as yeah. much as possible. Now, with that said, there's some fucking douche nozzle... Listening right now. Yes, that's right. Someone is listening and is about to douche out on us 
Like going, they have Texas hops. They have new Mexican hops. I even have Florida hops. And I say to you, cool. You I'm figure sure that's out. What they sound like too. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, if they, if they believe that that's a counter argument, that's probably what they sound like. Oh, that's 100% what they sound like. Um, the, the, the you yeah, sure you can fucking grow hops anywhere, but just like everything else that you grow, uh, that you force to grow, you don't necessarily have the most viable crops to deal with, uh, especially in the first, you know, few like half decade of growing a varietal, uh, in a new, in new soil, in new sunlight, in new heat, you're going to have shit for a long time. You're also going to create a brand new hop. Like that, it may be Cascade, but a Cascade grown in New Mexico is going to be much hardier. It's going to have a lot different alpha acid available, and it's going to have a lot uh, different essential oils or uh, uh, terpenes, as we discussed a couple of casts ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's possible to grow them, but it's, you're you're probably not going to grow them on commercial scale. And uh, fun fact though for you, Frank, South Africa also has uh, a really large hop growing region. And um, Anheuser-Busch InBev bought all of them. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of the the, uh, Casa Lager hops came locally sourced because that that beer brand came through um, uh, the sanctions, the UN sanctions during apartheid. So they had to source everything local. Yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of African countries that require big uh, big brewers if they're going to brew in in Africa they cannot bring in material from outside of the continent. Yeah. So, that's interesting. It's good to know and uh, hopefully you learned a little bit about hop growing tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because the the fact of the matter is to your point um, a lot of people think that the fact that they grow hops in a region means that they're a good hops or B um, supposed to be grown there. Right. Because right. um, you I mean, when I think of hops, I think of it similar to like basil, you know, okay. but it's not. It's it's much more akin to um, like sunflower or things that it, you 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 definitely need certain amounts of sun. You I, need the right soil. You like. Honestly, so from the sound uh, of it, it's, it's definitely not. I mean, uh, hops are closer to grapes as far as like what, okay. like what's necessary and what the terroir brings to the end product. Yeah. Um, but but I know. mean, grapes grapes are grapes sound like they're more temperamental. Yes, one hundred. I was going to say the difference between the two being that hops are very hardy. They are uh, akin to marijuana, and they are yeah. uh, very very resilient plants however um if you in the fur in the like infancy of a plant they're very fickle like they will die (laughs) very quickly and they'll become useless and there are people up here in north texas who are growing hops in their garden and they think well i'm gonna brew a beer with it someday good luck it's gonna be like a decade before you're brewing uh but it's gonna taste pretty yeah, yeah. You can brew a beer, a very neutral, backboned beer, and just experience what the hops are, and that'll be kind of it'll be kind of cool. Um, okay. Derek used to brew with hops that he found in his neighborhood when he went to school at Oregon State because <laughs> they grow up yeah, there so often. Region, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh man! So how has it been, Frank? It's been a full week since we last talked. Anything major yeah. happening? Your heart still um, pounding from the twins? Just you know. 
baseball season no, game sports. So I, as most of you have now known for a couple months, I've been back to following the twins and I need to give a big shout out to Troy, our boy, Troy. Cause he, he does have some group of people that pay for MLB pass. And he just gave me the login like a true bro. So I've enjoyed watching the twins. I mean, my wife can vouch for this. I've watched almost every game during the week. I don't watch it on the weekends cause I don't have time for that. But I'm sure she's thrilled that you're watching every game during the week. Well, during the week, I don't have anything else that I want to watch. She like watch. She likes to watch, um, like Designated Survivor and stuff on Netflix. Just stuff I, you know, me and TV shows, Brian. I find it difficult to get in and commit to them. Yeah. So to me, the Twins are like a different TV show every night that's unscripted. So I find it interesting. There's excitement there. I enjoy it. So I'll watch it. Um, she'll watch her shows, right? We have multiple TVs, so it's not it's not a big deal. But oh, humble brag! Um, I'm kidding. On the weekends, <laughs> well, okay. You have TVs, so, um, on the weekends, though, like I, I don't waste my time with it because it's yeah. it's that's too much commitment. But during the week, I mean, it's nice and relaxing, eating dinner, watching from foot, uh, baseball. Um. So, anyways, uh, with that being said. Uh, the Red Sox series has been just a series of misfortunes for the Twins. They uh, seem to get damn close to a home run consistently and then just fuck it up somehow. So yeah. either they hit their own designed stadium scoreboard that reaches out just so perfectly <laughs> into the pocket where Miguel Sano would have hit two home runs already <laughs> they during the series. They fucked themselves by design. That's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it's it's bound to happen. Like in these ballparks, an angle, right? Yeah. That no one intends to ever hit can fuck people out of home run. So this angle is literally like the scoreboard kind of veers into the fans. Yeah. And if you hit it just right, it'll it'll carry them right back onto the field. So oh. it's a ground rule double. And Miguel Sano has successfully done that twice. And we lost last night game last night's game two to nothing. Yeah. Um he had runners on base, would have been a home run, wasn't a home run. So shit like that happens. It's baseball, but um, <laughs> it's been fun. I mean, the Twins are right now, I think they still have the best record in baseball, if not the second best record in baseball. So it's a fun team to follow. They hit a shit ton of home runs, which is obviously the point of baseball, right? Like if yeah. if someone says, oh, yeah, I like a team that dinks and doinks it around. That's, <laughs> I've watched lion, that kind of, of baseball for like 30 years, right? Yeah. Not not literally. I'm only 30. So, yeah, no, <laughs> but 40 I've years watched, you've been watching this. <laughs> I've watched that kind of Twins baseball for a long time. Let me tell you, if you need to rely on singles to score runs at all times, you might as well get a triple bypass when you're 25. Yeah. Like it's not worth your fucking time to watch a team like that. So, um not for that long. If it's for like half a season while you're playing through some injuries or something like that, yeah. that's cool. That's a sign of a good a good team that wins yeah. at any cost. But yeah, but if you if if you can't hit a home run, like so the if twins right if now it's are on May, to, if it's May and you're playing that way, fuck off. <laughs> exactly. So the twins right now are on pace to break the home run record in Major League Baseball, and um, they 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 won't. They'll calm down. But still, uh, the most home runs the twins have hit in a season for the past like twenty years is hundred and forty something. They're already at 126. That's excessive. So they're yeah they're they're gonna blast through that record for sure. Um, everybody on this team can hit a home run, which is 
really the important part, right? So yeah. you can't pitch around people. Um, yeah, go Twins, man. This is a fun team to watch. I'm not expecting a World Series or anything, but I'm just glad that Minnesota baseball is back to being decent now that Joe Maurer and his lazy fucking ass retired. <laughs> Don't hold back, Frank. That's yeah, they fucking retired his jersey this weekend. Dude. Wait, really? He retired last yeah. year. Yeah, they retired his number this weekend. I mean, that's just like a big fuck you to any fan who got pissed off at that stupid-ass contract that motherfucker got. I'm sorry. I mean, you think Sam Bradford or Josh McCowan's fucking easy? They at least got hit in the face a couple times. Joe Maurer just stood there and hit singles for seven, eight years after he signed that fucking contract. Piece of shit. Big, goofy bastard. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's a nice guy. Piece mm. of shit baseball player. Don't get me wrong. Good guy. Good guy. Fuck yeah. him, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Signed a, signed a deal when Derek Jeter signed his. He got $20 million more as though he was a leader of a fucking baseball team. Nope. Nope. You know what? Actually, what he ended up doing is just every once in a while, you're like, God damn, Joe, you can hit a 400-foot home run like someone who should be hitting those often. <laughs> like, who's, who's, who was born to be six foot six and yeah, 200 and something pounds. Just, cranking fucking home runs but no no joe is much more of a bloop single to right field kind of guy well you know with his blazing speed he yeah. turned a no, single, yeah, exactly. yeah, it turned pays a off. single into a, a real fucking close play at first <laughs> you wouldn't even believe this brian and i'm sorry that i'm even bringing this fucking topic up because i hate this man um not as a person as a baseball player okay down the right baseline the first baseline okay they painted his fucking number what? And I'm sure it was for the retirement party, but it's a this is a homestand, right? Mm -hmm. So Joe Maurer's number, a living human being who was a good twin, eh, fine, a great twin. He did as a catcher win three batting titles, but that's what he did, right? Permanently down the right down the right baseline or the first baseline, um, just for the whole homestand i don't know it was, it was one day dedicated to joe that's more than it's one day too much really joe mauer day point. everybody loves joe mauer day uh apparently they'll have a bobblehead for him every fucking year for as long as he remembers before he gets dementia everybody gets dementia though so <laughs> oh yeah my mother-in-law told my wife that uh uh if you start losing your sense of smell that's a that's a sign of early onset al alzheimer's at Father's Day breakfast or Father's Day lunch. It was great. I was like, what? huh? Did someone say they lost their sense of smell? Or that yeah, it's, Mrs. It's Brian, Mrs. Brian has never been able to smell skunks. Like, that's a genetic thing that you yeah, can be born it, with. Yeah, similar to not being able to taste poison. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is. It's yeah, the same, it's the same sort thing. Of genetic defect. Uh, and yeah, Mrs. Brian's mom was like, oh, yeah, it's early onset Alzheimer's. And they just kept eating her salad like, she didn't. Not to, yeah, not to not to freak you out, but you know this disease <laughs> that everybody is just not disease, debilitating but this that everybody is just fucking shit scared of getting. It is a disease, isn't it? No, it's villains here. No, it's, it's a disorder. A yeah. It's a disorder. Yeah, I was tired of waiting, Brian. Sorry. Shit, I was trying to get back to you, but Frank was hate. He was hate tugging the dog back inside. He just will not keep retreating. Yeah, goes Frank in. Right? <laughs> yeah, Frank is slow hate tugging to Joe Mauer facts. Oh my god! How are you doing, Willem? Uh, pretty well. Can't complain. Thinking this natural light natter days. Yeah, you're on that natty. I am on, on that, that natty day. jock today. Huh? I'm, I, I'm like a little disappointed in myself, but 
Did you? I'm, I'm even drinking it out of a glass right now, just to really give it the old it, once around. What is it like? Bright pink? I assume it is. No, it, it's just if you poured a, a natty light into a glass, this is what it would look like, pretty much. Oh, really? That's yeah, creepy. It's like Crystal Pepsi. It's either that or my. Well, it was like the way sure it looks that way because it was really dark against your, I guess it was against your shirt and I couldn't tell if it was like red or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, uh, it just looks like a shitty light beer and it's pretty good. It's <sighs> quite good. I think we talked about it a while back, but, and I mentioned in our thread, but that natural light Natterday, the strawberry lemonade infused natural light beer. <laughs> The pink can in the pink it's, can can't yeah. miss it if it's in your market. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> offensively pink. The can is uh, that beer won at a craft beer like festival, like in a blind tasting. It beat other legitimate craft beers. Wow, uh, people were rather pissed about it. It's like a okay, it's like a like a cider almost, like that level of dryness to it. But then it like, it's just got this like light flavor of like something, you know, like lemonade to it. I don't know. It's, it's the right, it's like what natural light basically needs to make it good. <laughs> oh, I love how we're breaking down natural light. But here's know, the deal. I mean, that's the purpose of this podcast is to drink what you like. And God damn it, if you like it, drink it. You shouldn't be giving shit about it. No. If you're a listener and you get this and you don't like it, please tell Brian because I'm interested. I would like to know what you don't like about it because I'd be surprised if anyone doesn't like this beer. Yeah, I'm trying to like in my market, it's only sold in 30 packs, which I feel is a that's a serious commitment. I, I don't <laughs> really fucking buy 30 of any beers. That's just not yeah, what I do. Um, I'll buy 24. The only thing I'll buy 24 of are hams and PBR. That's it. Okay, hold on. Explain that to me. Trying to light blonde? No, no. I don't buy twenty four pack of them. No, fuck no. No, no. I'm not paying twenty five dollars for a twenty four pack of Shiner Light Blonde, or even twenty one dollars. I'm not buying that shit. Uh, Okay, hold up. No, but tell me more about hams and PBR that you're like. That's your go-to cheap beer. Uh, It's more. Tell me more. Did you put up a fight? It's a real rapey song, and I don't like the fact that it we're singing it on this podcast. Anyway, no, I like the value per ounce, the joy, the 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 smiles per hour that I get out of fucking <laughs> hams. It cannot be beat. I mean, yeah, sure, I love uh, Firestone Lager, and it's like twelve ninety nine a twelve pack. It's fantastic. Right, I have a story about hams that you just reminded me of. Okay, um, I'll I'll finish up real quick, and you can okay. let it hit sorry, us with sorry. it. Uh, but hams for a 24 hams at the Walmart by my house, it's always fresh because people are always buying it, but for a 24 pack, it is 1385 and like you guys can fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it it cannot be beat. And that's even like a PBR, a case of PBR is $15 or something like PBR and Lone Star are under 17. Yeah, but I still say fuck off. Like ha- hams can't be beat. Um, yeah. But Villem, uh, I think you've got some splaining to do because not only do you have a ham story to tell us, uh, there Frank is spamming our own goddamn chat message yeah. for no reason. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, we'll go, we'll get to it. Okay, 
Uh, but tell us your hams connect your your. Okay, the ham story. Uh, Hamstring, if you will. <laughs> so I got invited to my friend's bachelor party up in Brainerd, Minnesota. Brainerd, eh? Uh, it was it's a ham- fucking moment. beautiful man. It was like there's this. We went to this golf course that's like up tucked into the north woods. I mean, like honestly, I don't love. I mean, like thinking really about like the kind of like sacrifice for that golf course, maybe not worth it, but but <laughs> it's a freaking beautiful golf course. How like, many Native Americans had to give up their land for your fucking golf course? Well, and like the trees that they cut down, <laughs> all the amount of water that that motherfucker takes, but like the course itself it's the most beautiful golf course i've ever played on okay. i mean i think they've like played pga here but anyway um so i get invited to the bachelor party up there and i got hams on the way up <laughs> got a 30 of hams because i'm like hams is always a good choice yeah you know, i'm kind of like you honestly hams or pbr but i just i was surprised to hear you say it but yeah uh so I, I didn't get PBR. I don't know why I didn't think of PBR, but I thought of hams. So I get a 30 of hams and like, I'm one of the first people there. So when well, I actually, I'm, I'm after a group of people. So they're on the golf course playing and I get to the place alone and I like unload the hams into the fridge, you know, to keep it cold and whatever. And then I go catch up with them and whatever. It's like way later in the night. I just start hearing who brought the hams <laughs> like over and over people like, wanting to know who the hams you know and who's responsible for the hams they're like they ask one of the dads if he (laughs) if they brought the hams you know like it's like only some old guys it's like so i I tell them that i brought the hams (laughs) and they just thought that was like the funniest goddamn thing and i mean for me it was hilarious because i'm just like it just fucking hands. Like, yeah. It's such but, a good ass yeah. beer, dude. Like I, um, I broke it down to some of my other beer nerds at work and they were like, why do you, cause they all, I mean, we, we all nerd out over Firestone lager and, uh, like eight Oh five, whatever, you know, whatever the, the choice is for that week. But hams is always <clears throat> like, it's always fresh. It's super cheap and it tastes so fucking good. Like yeah. it's, it's crushable. Um, you know what else is crushable, is Frank? Crushable. Uh, uh, what would be crushable right now is like a full half barrel keg of goddamn root beer. It would be great right now. <laughs> Do you know where I could find some? <laughs> I, if, if you had uh, had this craving about, I don't know, 20 years ago, I think I would have known exactly your spot. <laughs> Go ahead and let people know what's up. Villain, would you care to... I don't know, inform the populace of your grand idea at the age of 14? No, it was it was a combination between me and my father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a tag team effort. I feel like you're roping dad in on this. And, like, I'm totally going to be that dad, too, where, like, I'm egging my kid on for, like, some borderline bad ideas. But, like, anyway, um, I wanted – I was pretty young. I was, like, probably 12 or 13 or some shit. I really wanted a – I found out that the liquor store sells a keg of root beer. <laughs> like, uh, I don't even, I didn't even know shit about kegs back then, but I hadn't heard the term pony keg keg back then. Uh, so I don't know how old pony kegs are. They're but, old. But root, I mean, I can set the scene really quick. Willem back then 
had he would go to a restaurant <clears throat> and he'd ask the person, um, do you guys have root beer? And then he'd say, what else do you have? And they'd list everything else. And then he'd go, okay, I'll have a root beer. <laughs> so he, would, he was very much into root beer. And we none of us really understood it. Because when you move to America, root beer doesn't exist outside of this country. No, because it's kind yeah. of shitty. <laughs> it's wild, dude. The first time I had root beer, the first thing I thought of was bubble gum. Yeah. Or cough syrup, depending on, syrup, yeah. depending on the brand. So yeah. you're sitting there, you're drinking root beer. And people are like, this is good. And then they introduce cream soda to you. And it's not green or blue like the rest of the world. It's this cream white color, which is fine. I mean, now I get it. Right. It's you didn't better add. than what we knew as cream soda. Yeah, yeah. When we had cream soda, it was green as shit. I mean, it was neon green. Barletta. So, okay. So, Villa regularly would go through the list. Uh, ask the waitress or waiter to go through everything that they had as an option and then go, I'll have the root beer. <laughs> Such a I wasn't move. doing it. That tells me, makes me sound annoying as fuck. I wasn't like, he just, he was just seeing the options they had. And then when none of them yeah, peaked his just, fancy, like, he I would want right to stand the best choice. You know, like, I don't know. I was, I was, doesn't make it any better, I guess, but it was, I mean, to this day, it's still hilarious that <laughs> there are yeah. any, Tons of waiters and waitresses out there that <laughs> you fucking imagine. This little kid comes up. I go through everything. So sometimes he would he would twist it and he'd be like, "Do you have root beer? Do you have orange juice? Do you have Coke? Do you have oh my god, Pepsi, whatever." And then he'd go, "Okay, I'll have a root beer." <laughs> I would slap me. <laughs> no, that shit was hilarious. It wasn't even uh... root. Like even the waiters and waitresses would just laugh at him. Fucking <laughs> kidding me right now. Okay, but so the root beer. So I found out the liquor store sold keg of root beer, and I think I found out because of my dad. I was like, oh my god, we gotta get one. Like I really want a keg of root beer. That sounds awesome. You know, like just fucking unlimited root beer. So we get this keg. <laughs> it's a fucking keg of root beer. Was it A and W or RBC? I no, can't remember. Nineteen hundred. Nineteen hundred. What the fuck? That's like the natty light of root beer. It has to be. Or I've never heard of that. Ninety-nine. I don't know. No, it's good shit. It was like legit. <clears throat> I think Barks um, is has an eighteen ninety-seven. I love bars. Uh, 1900 root beer. No, that's not it. Mechanical keyboard at I, work. So then do, yeah, sorry. Uh, you're just going to have to give me 1899. No, that's not. 1919 draft root beer. 1919. There you go. That's the year. Oh my God. Anyway, craft root beer. You hear that, Brian? Before I could even drink beer, I was drinking craft beer. And I'm here sorry. you are today drinking Natter Day. <laughs> <laughs> How far are you fallen? So we get an entire keg, and it lasts a year. So fucking long, dude. Like (laughs) I swear, this thing wouldn't end. And you're just kind of like, now you have to really question who would put their child's teeth through that sort of punishment. (laughs) Your dad was trying to teach you a lesson, you little fuck. Afraid of like cavities, frankly, and like having to pay for cavities. But But this one. This was during the summer, right? Yeah, Dad got I drew out of my ears. So like <laughs> every, summer. every drink, root beer. <laughs> you, you gotta take All your night. And night. <laughs> you gotta take your daily vitamin in the morning. Take it with root beer. Here you go. <laughs> I'm 
pressuring goddamn teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit <laughs> how did you keep it cold no no okay no we did, that's the problem so what we would end up doing is getting so it sat in the garage it sat on but for some reason we did this oh, 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 oh. i loved what you're, you're you're skipping a step the first place for the root beer was upstairs in our room and it started getting ants and then we had to carry that bitch back downstairs <laughs> into the garage. Started <laughs> getting ants into this building. So the original plan was root beer and video games because in the summer we played <laughs> video games and essentially that was it. So we had friends over and we had root beer on draft, right? <laughs> and this was this was the arrangement. But eventually root beer, because of the stickiness of the situation, gets a shit ton of ants. So we did have to move it down the garage where there are more ants probably. All I remember, honestly, and it's probably because it caused me a lot of stress, uh, (laughs) is it was in the garage and my dad and I did woodworking as like a hobby together. And he had gotten some really nice uh, sheets of cherry plywood that he was making cabinets out of. And so the tap started leaking and this whole thing, like it had lasted so long it had started uh, losing carbonation. So at some point, you're just drinking basically like... Flat-ass syrup. Just really flat root beer, yeah. But we <laughs> just keep going because there's still some left. Like, I don't fucking have, know why, but... So you we, have, um, I, know why, I know why. This is... Yeah. When you have our mom as a mom, she literally at the beginning said, if I'm buying this, you're finishing it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> no way she was returning that thing with the root beer in it. So it was a commitment. Oh, that's <laughs> that yeah. fucking hilarious. But anyway, so we... Uh, yeah, because y'all had a deposit out on this goddamn keg the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we finished that. So we like... Uh, it started leaking a lot. Um, but we would we would take the pictures, fill them up, take some kind of container, and then put it in the fridge. And, you know, like, then you'd have cold root beer after a while. <laughs> Cold flat so root beer. That's your question. That's we didn't keep it cold. <laughs> oh it god! And... Which is why you lost all the carbonation. Carbonation. Yeah. Oh, I bet that oh, was some Christ. foamy shit for a while too. And so, <laughs> oh. so we're just. Um, it starts leaking, and <laughs> the well at the top starts filling up, and eventually starts overflowing, like slowly over time. No one's doing anything about it for some reason. Everybody's just looking at it when they walk by. Oh, there's more this time. <laughs> That's a good amount of room here. And it starts overflowing onto this nice cherry plywood that it was sitting on. And I just remember staining that and just feeling like such an asshole for that. That's so, so funny. Dad had to make something out of root beer stained cherry plywood. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I'm pretty sure it sanded right out. Like it didn't really do much damage, but like, ah, uh, yeah, I, I still felt like an ass. I do remember that. Holy so, shit! But that uh, the root beer keg story is it's a classic, and we quite honestly we forgot about it for a while. And then yeah, uh, yeah. Then old then old mine like a steel trap. Frank brought it to our attention. <laughs> <laughs> occur <laughs> root beer fucking keg i i think the funniest part about the whole root beer keg story is the fact that my mom knew this was going to take a while to finish my dad was all in 
<laughs> if you're buying this, you're finishing it. I'm not returning it with root beer in it. And by darn, by the end of it, there was not much root beer left. It had been, I don't know, two to three months. We returned that it thing for a long time. It in June and right, right when we got into summer, uh, summer break, and it it got back to. I want to say it was like late July, early August, like right before we went back to school, that thing got returned. It was holy crap. It's a horrible idea to be honest, but it, it, it <laughs> to be honest. As 14 12 year old Frank and Willem, this was not uh not out of the out of the question, but it was Willem's idea to get this root beer. It was, yeah, I was crazy about it. I didn't it know you good. were hey, honestly like at the beginning I was like, okay, this is a good idea because it was good root beer. For the for the value alone, guys. Little did anyone except my mom and probably my sister know. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. This explains so much about y'all about y'all's buying habits, even in college, where Frank convinced an entire group of people, "Yeah, no, let's buy a keg for this party that we're not invited to," and then just bring it with us. <laughs> we did take the keg back, though. We did. It was an entry fee, and they didn't accept, and we were like, "Fuck it, we're going home." <laughs> they didn't have beer. Actually, we knew people at that party, and they didn't have beer the whole night because their kegs never showed up because they got fucking seized. Which is the reason we went to the party with a fucking keg. Yep. And we were like, "Yeah, fuck y'all, we're gonna go home." Still so mad to this day. No, a decade. A little <laughs> bit. Mad. A little Not bit. mad, but honestly, we uh, we scored on that. Uh, we- so. Uh, it was hilarious. I love that shit. All right. So, Brian. Yes. Have you cracked open another That's brew? actually what I was going to say. I'm going to step away from the mic for a second to grab myself another brew. Okay. So give me one. We should have a beer account. Play, play the music while you grab it. Oh, you said that as my fucking soundboard timed out. Here you go. Son of a patat. Hear ye, it's time for a beer count. Listen to this track. Beers. Beers. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm on my second beer of the evening, and it is the Oasis Bravo, well, I guess Oasis Brewing Company, Bravo Company Kolsch. Really confusing, but the name of the beer is Bravo Company. A lot of it's companies in that name. Yeah, a lot of company. I mean, really fucking just call it Bravo Kolsch. Like company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Military. Burr, Texas. Okay. Burr, Texas. <laughs> First sip, it's fine. Yeah. It's a lot like Natty Light, whatever. Oasis is shit. Oh my God. <laughs> I <don't, This> yeah. <laughs> the Bravo company really got Yeah, so I think shit. it did. I think that no, may have had a factor. Oasis company makes one good beer. It's their fucking. Uh, London homesick, and it's only because they're one of the only people making an ESB that that's a good ESB. That's it. Fuck Oasis Brewing Company. It's a totally made-up brand based on the fact that they sit on the perch of a cliff in uh, on Lake Travis, and that's why they get visitors. Their beer is is dog shit. All right, cool. All right. Uh, so not a made-up brand though. They're an actual brewery. It just yeah. suck. All right. But they're they're, they're made up. Because they shouldn't be brewing beer. All right, well. should be. They're not a craft brewery. They literally. This is a shit beer, Brian. This, I, I okay. have, I had the six pack. Right. right. Yeah. The wife said, 
earlier tonight. I was going to ask, is this part of your wife's discovery pack that she brought you? It is, but okay. this is the one beer I hadn't had because I told her, I bet this is shit. <laughs> and I was totally right because Oasis sucks dick. Fuck that brewery. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, no time for this shit. They charge you like nine bucks a six pack too. It's not worth it. It's not worth oh, it. Oh, don't get me started on fucking prices per six pack. Um, before we get into that, Villem, are you drinking anything different? Are you still slow tugging to Natter Days? Uh, well, it's a tall boy, Brian. So, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So tall is mine, boy. but that's cool. That's whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So it's only last one, so I'm savoring it. I should have gotten the 18 pack. I doubted. <laughs> you know, Parker wouldn't be proud of me, but <laughs> Parker no, would not be proud of you. He's like, why you? <laughs> like you should have gone all in, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Double down by two 18s. You'll get gout in three years. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Parker's natty <laughs> consumption was three years worth. Let's not blame that. Let's um, let's just say, guys, that this is an amazing pool beer. Okay, you okay. have a body of water that you're going to. But you're not in a pool right now. Anytime soon. No, I know, but it's also a good outside of pool beer, or whatever. But like, I had it at the pool today. Okay, that was, that a good- was, that was choice. That was choice. Um, so I'm I'm gonna get some this weekend and have it at the pool. Yes, you know you need to take it down to that uh, river that you go to. Yeah, that's the San Marcos. I I might do that this weekend as well. We Is that the river with the dead dogs? Yeah, <laughs> right. At one time that happened, and that's an irresponsible owner. That was enough to it, it left a memory. Okay, it's all I'm going to say. It left an <laughs> one impact. One time the dog dies when we and swim, floats. and now suddenly it's the place where the dog died. <laughs> you swam there a hundred times, and the problem that you've got here uh-huh. is. The, d- okay. the dog died, and then it went into the water. <laughs> okay, Brian, what are you drinking? I'll give a little PSA here. <laughs> I am drinking. No. I am drinking from Four Hands Brewing Company in St. Louis, Missouri. I am drinking Tiki Milk Stout. It is a milk stout with chocolate, coffee, and coconut. And I'm going to be real with you. Is it cheeky? No, um, I taste no coconut. Uh, I smell coconut. But I don't taste any, and it's got this weird like. Tiki, leathery, cool. leathery, uh, licorice smell to it, which is odd. It's very weird. I also don't see a date on here, so the Lord only knows when the fuck this beer was made. <laughs> it says eighteen three thirty nine, which means like November of last year, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm fucking the year first. Who puts the? It's a Julian date, so they'll put uh... the year and then the number of days into that year that it was packaged on. Oh, weird. I hate that. Uh, Heineken does that. This beer smells... Dude, if I could... like, oh, oh, I am not enjoying the way this beer smells anymore. <laughs> oh, this It makes me nauseous. It's got this weird, like... My, uh, ooh. It's <clears throat> liquid licorice. I don't know if that's the correct term. Liquid licorice and, like, a cheap cologne mixed with sweat. I don't know. Maybe there was some fucking. There it is. That's that's the most pleasant description of a beer I've heard in a long time. <laughs> like, uh, butthole and uh, foot fungus, with a little soy sauce thrown in there. This foot is fucking after you've done a f- four mile run with an additional bo smell after eight hours of working in the hot sun. But here's the deal: when you drink it, it's got like a nice like coffee finish. Oh, fair enough. But I mean, the smell is fucking so. off-putting. 
I do not enjoy that. All right, Frank, what's your PSA? All right. Here's the PSA, right? I see so many fucks going down a river and they're drunker than hell. Um, they take their dogs with. Uh, they don't fully understand that this is, I don't know, a fucking river. This is not, not a, a pool. It's not a swimming pool. It's not a dam that you're swimming in or a lake. Damn, whatever. Um, if, if, if you're honestly that irresponsible, just don't do it. You know, like if, if, if your plan is to get shit faced on the river, don't it's, there are so many things. So this year, the San Marcos is running really high. We've already had four people die because they get stuck in eddies. They get stuck um, under dams. So they go stand under these dams. Why? That are Hold on. They're just, they're, they're, I guess you could call them kind of like slip streams. They're just constant flow dams. They're not high. Yeah. They, they might be about four feet high, but the current created underneath that dam is it's constant yeah and it will keep you underwater you cannot outswim that so these fucks will stand take a picture and then they'll they'll drown underneath the dam okay you can't call dead people fucks i'm uh, okay. if their death was 100% preventable i don't know how to They're phrase no longer around to defend themselves you can't do that it's infuriating. Okay, I won't call him fucks, <laughs> but it's it's an infuriating situation. The fact that this conversation because had to take place tonight makes me happy. It's absolutely preventable. Can't right? call him like, fucks, Frank. You're <laughs> being an idiot, right? Yeah. And, and when you're when you're dealing with the dead dog, for instance, it's clearly a case of someone who took a dog that had a life preserver. Fine, but. It went over a, a dam or, or you couldn't it couldn't outswim a current or like you've got to understand what you're dealing with here. This is Mother Nature naturally just flowing downstream, right? Like <clears throat> except for the dam, yeah, that <laughs> the dam. And the thing is, when I take my dogs, if they come with me floating down the river, I swim next to them and I make sure that when we approach a dam or when we approach rocks, I grab him and we move out the way. Like it's your responsibility to, to be there. You can't just go, Oh yeah, go fetch this ball. It's a fucking river again. Like it does not stop flowing and it flows faster in spots. There are eddies. The dog doesn't know about that shit. So to your point, Brian, yes, there was a dead dog. Yep. <clears throat> it is maddening that that dog had to die on the river drowning um it's unacceptable it's just irresponsible people who don't know how rivers work that shouldn't be on the river to begin with so if you're going to go on a river don't take your fucking dog take yourself if you die then you're just dumb moral of the story the no beard left behind psa um don't die don't be dumb and then you won't die (laughs) don't be dumb if you're floating a river just stay in the fucking tube i think the psa is have respect for nature yeah. Respect nature and nurture your dog nature. <laughs> all of that very valid. Beep Those beep are beep. all valid points. Hard hitting point. Don't be a fuck. <laughs> okay, don't be a fuck. Don't, oh, wait. Hold on. Let me hit you. <laughs> don't be a fuck. There we go. Boom. Problem. <laughs> yeah. Problem just, just respect things for what they are. You're not, you're not going to the San Marcos River to be floating down the fucking 
lazy river at Schlitterbahn. You know, like, get over it. I think that wraps up your favorite segment. <laughs> it's Frank the motherfucking tank. Here, on Nobody Left Behind. That is your most well-known segment, Frank. I do I do believe that there's also something called that's Frank's opinion. Oh, this one? Frank's opinion. Oh, Poppy. Oh, Poppy. Oh my god. Probably more accurate. Stewie. When Stewie and Brian do their radio show. Yep, that's uh you I just literally cut that from you saying some shit one night. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. that's you. <laughs> oh, Poppy is me? Yeah. <laughs> mimicking oh, shit. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm so happy you didn't know that. Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, fucking A. Hilarious. Well. So, uh, Brian, <clears throat> yes. I, I do want to give some props on tonight's cast. And I don't know, Willem, did you have a chance to listen to the Derek uh, interview? No. no, I did not. Okay, if interview. you did... Well, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny if you listen to it. You, it's even funnier that Willem didn't listen to it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what is he? Does he talk shit about me? No. no oh yeah, no. Because we know the beef between you and Derek goes deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for finally acknowledging the beef. Seven <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Um. No. So no. There's there's no there's no direct beef call out in no. the in the cast, but. Well, I think it'd be beneficial for me and some listeners who might be tuning in and missed last episode if we can go over what happened. Well, we're not going to go over no, what happened. We're... I was going to give a props. Yes. Okay. My, my props was going to be to the uh, Mrs. Brian. I found her jokes hilarious. Oh, so horrifying. props be to Mrs. Brian. I, I laughed so hard. At most of the jokes that she told during that episode, mm. really thoroughly enjoyed him. Brian was very frustrated at the moment that they happened, even though he was bourbon and beer deep. He's Wait, still time out. So very, it was very Derek and Mrs. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow! But Brian was very disturbed at the jokes, <laughs> very disturbed by the fact that they were funny. I guess I don't know. Nah, it was. I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit. You know. In radio, it's a lot like uh, any other form of entertainment. Yeah, you, Radio Gaga. Right, Freddie. The <clears throat> sometimes you have to have the counter to the to the good. So that's bad. You have to have <laughs> the the counter to the funny, which is not unfunny because that would be counter. That would just be bad for everybody. But if you play the curmudgeon, it enhances the funny. So um, that is that holds true um, for times that I get frustrated with uh, when I give up. Oh, there it is to Parker's ridiculousness or uh, a villain like uh, a call out. Uh, uh, it's true every time except for Frank's dad jokes in which that is <laughs> fucking deadly serious. I, I grind my teeth at night thinking about goddamn Frank dad jokes to the point where my wife said something over the weekend and she said it as a, as a legitimate question and I didn't respond because I was <laughs> thinking the I didn't want to be the punchline of the goddamn dad joke because Frank has made me gun shy to answer questions at this point. <laughs> like it seemed like a very innocuous answer that I could have given that would have answered the question. I was like, 
No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not fucking falling for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a trap. Brian. I'm not doing that. Brian, what? that's unfortunate, man. You can't. Be, you can't live life on the edge. Just shut up. Shut up. I don't like it. You're setting it up already. I can tell. Accept the answer. Accept the answer. Sometimes when blind girls tell you that you've got a big penis, they're just pulling your leg. Okay. I was laughing at something I saw on TV just now. Oh yeah, I know. Okay. It was was very funny. What happened? The guy like fell down. So I laughed. (laughs) Pulling his leg. What a dick. (laughs) God damn it. Oh fuck. Damn it. I so yeah. Props to Mrs. Brian. She uh-huh. on a good performance. Dude, Derek she. obviously like solid, awesome, always. Yeah. Um, but it, Mrs. Brian was real funny this past time. Normally she's kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, Why is it very much joke? on? Yeah, yeah. Kind of dead air yeah. a lot of times. This, and this time, know, no, not dead a air. Funny vacuum that happens. Really not time. dead air. Just huh? criticizing. This time <laughs> he was hardcore, like laying into you. Which yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, that's true. I had a good time. I had a good time with my <laughs> Well, good. I'm, was, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You'll be happy to know I listened to it during my uh, Epsom salt soak. Oh, you were naked listening to the cast? I had a, do, do you take Epsom salt <sighs> soaks with... Uh, God damn it. I'm anything not, on? I don't know. Like, I'm get not in a bathroom with a swimsuit. Just in case, I'm not okay with this anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the, I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is head. I don't this relaxing is, my muscles, all of them. Uh, no, no, stay, <laughs> no, no, and you can't say the counter to that because you can't say stay tight because it's not. Yeah, then you were like, you oh, I was, I got that toward the end, super tight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it, Frank! You've ruined listening to episodes now. Can't even. <sighs> So, Willem, definitely listen to it. There yeah. is a little nugget in there that's hilarious that does refer to you, so you should listen to it. But I'm not going to break it on the show. No, that's, it shouldn't be I broken. I don't need things to be about me to listen to uh, Well, <laughs> it's a joke, and it's hilarious. It's a, it's, it's a Brian joke, but it's set up by Derek. It's really you guys remember that one time? Okay, right. Does Derek like, care if we tell college stories about him? I don't no. think so. It was one of the first college parties I ever went to was at urine. Frank's house, Brian. Yeah. Uh, it was before school had even started. <laughs> and, like, I think it was when I like, met Derek or something. Uh, was this the uh, Euro trip drinking game night? <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe. And then I'm like, Derek's throwing up and I'm yelling at him. <laughs> and he's like such a little bitch. And all this shit. <laughs> I'm like 17 years old. And Derek's like so mad at me. But like, you know, he's not not actually mad at me, but he's just like, and then later I'm throwing up also. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's making fun of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do remember that. Oh, that was a good night. That night was fucking amazing. We have, I have a picture from that night that keeps popping up in, like, my uh, remember when, like, whatever, oh, uh, various yeah. social media. And I look back oh, and I'm like... It's not, it's not the... Uh, time hop or whatever. I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll um no this was because it uh, it pops up through my google photos oh okay all oh, right okay yeah um but it's so it's so wild because the group of people who were there like 
I don't know that we ever hung out like that again, like in the entire time that we were in college. It was so wild. Um, but I remember that was the night that we made trash can punch and yep. uh, did played the Euro trip drinking game. And I remember I got so, so fucking drunk. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that just speaks yeah. to the fact that just enjoy your times. But well, we were oh, junk, you know. <laughs> we were junk. <laughs> you just don't know if you have to repeat the times, so just yeah. live in the moment. Enjoy uh, it. Yeah, it was a blasty blast. I'll tell you one thing: I could not drink like I did then. I went ape. I kind of went ape shit that night. Oh, I oh, mean, you, that huh? you mean that for, specific for night in game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, if I drink, I'd be out for days if I drank like that now. Oh, fuck I mean, yeah. Every time you saw tits, you needed to take a shot. Yeah, more like, or less, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Um, so, okay. I think the 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 time has come for Grinds My Gears, Brian. Mm, oh, man, I'm going to have to do the fucking live edit. Okay, hold on. Frank, tell me what's going to get you all fired up. All right, so it's not going to get me fired up, but it is it is a grinds my gears, okay? Have have you ever been in a situation where the wife asks you to do some makeup? What's that? Like No, I've never. Okay, so I would fail miserably. Honestly. Yeah. You wait, that. do you wait. Explain. Explain what you're talking about. Okay. Well, um <clears throat> my wife asked me to do some eyebrow liner, right? Yeah. On, on her or on you? No, on on her. Okay. All right. I'm just okay. just to help her out with her it was, eyebrows. Yeah, like we were in a hotel. There wasn't like a mirror that was lit up that she could do it. It was like at night. Right. Okay. Yeah. So she asked me to do it and her instructions were clear, but I actually, I, I, I drew them too high. <laughs> there you go. There she looks surprised. <laughs> she she looks surprised. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's really funny. Oh, fucking a was she, was she surprised when she saw herself in the mirror? Oh, it never happened. I he, got a good dad joke, though. He couldn't tell because she looked surprised. No, but what was the dad joke, dude? Oh, you motherfucker. Frank, what is the grinds of my gears? No. Why did we do a whole intro for it. Them out. Oh, we just I'm got signing off. We just got Tulsa. goddamn head faked on a fucking audio program. I'm going to file a complaint i don't know who i go to can we call the fcc on our own show we we can't be sanctioned by anybody right i guess we can call like itunes and be like i've been harassed on my own podcast i'm sorry to disappoint you that never happened well yeah obviously (laughs) he says after we had a full conversation about i know how it didn't happen god damn it frank no, but in all honesty, no. Just way past my bedtime. No, no, no. This is not. This is not a joke. the 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 thing that I wanted to discuss, the Brian, Brian <sighs> is <clears throat> Brian. I think you alluded to this earlier, but beer is just getting more and more expensive, right? See, and is it? Yeah. Yes, and the quality right. measurement is not accurate anymore. 
Yeah, it's definitely not where it was. So is is there a bunch of breweries paying people to do reviews on Untapped, and Untapped is not controlling this? No, what it is is people. It's it's been going on for a while. I've bought into it as well. I've been burned by it, but it's buying hype. It's buying marketing. It's buying a label. It's buying a brand. And every now and then, you find brands that meet all the criteria of a good product, and they just fall short, like big time. So, and it's not, I don't think it's something nefarious being done by by brewers. I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing people who are trying to meet their uh, they're, 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 they think they're, they're setting and keeping up with an industry standard with pricing and they're not taking into account what a consumer would like place a value on their product. I don't know if that makes any sense, uh, but it's and there's probably a probably a real like economic term for it, but it's like false demand. Um, yeah, so they they literally just reduce production to create, or they don't have production to begin with. And, oh, okay. And what they're producing is super limited, and they may have done like really good marketing, or they maybe had a first you know couple really good beers that rolled out, and then now everything else that they do is shitty pond water. You know who's the best of that? Um Treehouse. Yeah, and Surly. Uh you know, I've uh, I actually I used to like Surly uh, in the few beers that I had, but I've heard something similar that Surly has not uh, kept up with their quality. If if you're not buying their anniversary like bombers and whatnot, you're wasting your money. That beer is not worth $9 a four pack or whatever they charge for it now for the the tall boy surly furious and whatnot furious is fine it's it's a double ipa like well and that's what okay so that has is what got me into craft beer is that like what is what was available in like 2013 like what was tops of the top top shit in 2013 was like i don't know Pliny the elder was was way up there and some jester king beers were way up there because they were fairly new and Hetty Topper hadn't even made it like out of Vermont. Like nobody had even traded for it or gotten it out of the city or out of the state. I mean, but and, Vermont's and, kind of it. And but and all these like all all of those beers were brewed and sold in one little area. And that's what I liked about home brewing was I could brew a beer that tasted really, really good to me and I got to like I got to experience flavors that uh, I couldn't experience in my home market. Well, now the issue is these beers, uh, like uh, Uber hype beers, are driving the cost of even local brands and local uh, offerings like through the roof. Like I said last week, paying $30, $35 or whatever the hell it was for eight beers at a local brewery to go. Like I, I'm going to tell you right now, I had, I've had four of them at this point, and... I am not happy. Like, I'm, I'm not. It's not that the beers are bad. I'm just like, why the fuck did I pay thirty five dollars for these beers? <laughs> it's fucking infuriating. And then I look I at, can tell. and then I look at other people at other breweries, and I'm like, you're not fuck. Like, I get, I get angry. I'm like, you're not fucking doing anything special. Like, stop it. Just fucking stop. Stop charging so goddamn much money. And if you're going to charge that much money, make the beer either better or a fucking. Don't like I, just make the beer better. That's really the only thing there is to do. 
And that's yeah, what well, pisses if they're charging too much, they're just going to go out of business anyway, right? Well, and that's the fucking thing that pisses me off is that they're driving, uh, they're like basically making their own coffin that they're going to end up lying in because people will drink outside of their means for a little bit and then they'll stop drinking altogether. It's yeah. not that they, they won't switch over to Natty Light or something or, or hams. They're not going to do that. They're going to switch over to bourbon and they're going to be like, fuck it. I, I'm just going to drink this because I know what I'm getting with this. And this and will be all fun. of the people you just described. Yeah. I do all of those things. No, it's, it's the truth. It's because you're, you're a consumer with money that you had to fucking earn. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it pisses me off. And to see all these Texas brewers go on and on about, Oh, finally we're breaking down the, the, the old, the antiquated laws of Texas. And we're able to sell directly to the public. Fuck off. You've been selling directly to the public. You just haven't been goddamn doing it because the public isn't buying it. Like, you, because you're not making anything good. You're not making anything worth buying. You're not, you're yeah. damn sure not making anything worth buying at $20 a four pack. Fuck off. If, if I can gush on the Tulsa scene, it's the pricing is so good here. It's like all the local beers is like five bucks. Yeah, enjoy it while it's not, while it's here, because it, that is <laughs> they get hype because Prairie up there isn't five bucks anymore. Well, uh, Americans, uh, Prairie, you can you I can, can go to Prairie and I on can, menu still get some beers for like five bucks. How's American Solera looking? Because there was not a single beer. I think a fucking taster at American Solera was six dollars for a four ounce pour, or five dollars for a four ounce pour. Oh well, it, usually they'll do it according to uh, alcohol content. Yeah, this one was like 6%. But, um, American Solaire, speaking of which, is actually opening a really cool-looking new location on this corner of 6th and Utica. Listen, if I didn't uh, have their new location? Yeah, southeast corner. It's this cool, like, old warehouse that stood abandoned for a while. And, like, when we moved here in 2015, I saw it, and I was like, man, that would be a cool location for something. You know, like, I wasn't thinking, like, tap room, but I was thinking along those lines. and. <laughs> I think it's going to be sick. Here's the deal. I have a lot of respect for their brewer, Matt, not Chase, whatever. I have a lot of respect for Matt, the dude who came from Rough Tail, who's now brewing American Solera. Mm -hmm. The dude is awesome. And I know he has no, no call in the, the pricing that American Solera will do. But they can take every bit of reclaimed wood and shove it straight up their ass if they start charging twenty dollars for a four pack, every single last splinter. I it, it, do they do that? I don't know, but I'm just telling you right now. Like, <laughs> if they start heading that direction, that's where they can shove it. And I say that because, and I know Chase and uh, the rest of the team on American Slayer has nothing to do with Prairie anymore. But Prairie charging fucking forty dollars for a four pack of stout. Like deconstructed bomb when they release that, they can suck every bag of assholes <laughs> this side of the Mississippi. Like um, I, it made it. Nothing brought me more joy was that every time I went to the cellar there in Norman, yeah. was seeing the same stack of Prairie Bomb, like Prairie yeah. deconstructed bomb, sitting there <clears throat> and going down in price. Prairie's owned by Krebs now. Who yeah, is out of Chaco. And they're fucking terrible too. Krebs can suck bags of dicks. Uh, <laughs> so, but hold on. So, um, what, what makes you say that American Solera will do like that? Dogfish charge 
much that no no like why can I'm not I'm not defending Prey. I'm more just curious anything like why can he, why can Dogfish Head do that but not like Prey? I know that when I open a Dogfish Head beer, it's going to taste one acceptable. Like it's there is going to have been some quality process or quality checks that went in to the packaging of that beer. So the beer is going to be shelf stable. It's going to fit within the guidelines that the brewer either set for themselves, i.e., like if it's a uh, a petite Syrah grape infused saison, it's going to taste like grape must and a saison, and that's what I like. I'm going to pick up those two flavors. I also know that the if I like it and I buy another bottle or buy another package, it's going to taste the same way because they have quality standards that they have set for themselves and have upheld themselves. And you can't say that about prairie. I can't say that about, I can't say that about fucking anybody smaller than Shiner in the state of Texas. Honestly. Wow. It's the truth. Like, I I see people like I go to, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying this to be like the bombers from real ale are pretty damn consistent. Okay. Real ale is kind of an anomaly, but for a while, do you not remember fireman's four tasting like absolute dog shit? That's when they switch production. I, I, but I mean, yes, I agree with you, but it's, it was, uh, it was an anomaly in my experience. And not every real L that I open. Can I go? Yep. They knocked it out of the park or even they got a fucking a Joe Mauer single on this one. You know what I mean? Oh, Frank, don't get him started. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, there's, there are not many breweries in the state of Texas that consistently like do really, really well. Um, I okay. Okay. Actually, I'm going to counter that blue owl is consistently awesome. I have had some not great experiences with Blue Owl beers, but they've been bought here in Dallas, and they shipped really shadily from Austin to Dallas. So yeah. I I can't blame the production. I can't I can't blame the brewer because they may not have had everything in place to ship beer uh, a distance away. But at the same time, is that the brewer's fault for letting it get out of the state or getting letting it get out of their control? Yeah, it probably is. Like it, it has to rely on them. <clears throat> scaling seems to be a problem in, in the brewing industry. Scaling is a problem, but also the reality in which there's on uh, which a brewer is set, is set. Uh, someone who takes out a ten million dollar loan to increase uh, production twenty five percent each year <laughs> is a fucking idiot. Like that's the dumbest shit ever. You cannot continually increase production at a quarter of what you did last year, year right. over year. You just fucking can't. That's not how. That's not how a commodity works. Yeah. Um, especially a commodity in, in a in a market that's strangling itself with numbers of offerings. On top of all that, then you have places that have a reputation of beer that's like, oh, good. Oh, I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Get some turning point beer. Well, great. Brian can walk into turning point and drop a hundred dollars, and leave there with beer that might or might not taste the same way in five days yeah and that's also by the way under a case of beer for a hundred dollars i think i think the worst enemy of brewing at the moment and really most most of these products is uh people have similarly to how they kind of extracted themselves from job loyalty they've extracted themselves from brand loyalty, right? So you had these people growing up uh, 50 years ago that 
once they had Bud Light, that's what they had. Right. Um, in beer, the entire experience is predicated upon upon um, the consumer finding new things and experiencing new things. The experience is a major part. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily a style. Nope. Right? It's like, oh, I found this great double dry hopped IPA. Let me go find the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people and breweries and, and brands get left behind because if you like, they can't scale because there's no dedicated, there's no dedicated following. There's no dedicated following. And, and the fact that there is no ded- dedicated following is entirely uh, a result of the fact that they built the entire craft brewing industry on not being dedicated yep. to big beer. Yep. So they're like, oh, we, we didn't need to be dedicated to Bud Light. Why, why do I need to be dedicated to you? Exactly. You only make good IPAs. Exactly. And that's one of the most frustrating things that I have to talk to people about is that like they don't like people don't understand that. They I have the conversation at least once a month about what's the new like what's the next style? What's the next trend in beer? I'm like the next trend is what it like hasn't been made yet because that's what a fucking trend is. A trend yep. is not cir- recirculating styles. That's not how the craft beer industry works. Like I brought up to uh, a consultant not too long ago that if they really wanted to uh, get ahead of any craft beer brewing trends, they need to look at food trends because really and truly uh, food and craft beer go hand in hand. Yeah. You find something trendy in beer and food translate it over to beer and it'll be a fucking hit. I yeah. promise you find something like that's look at where milkshake, like mil, the milkshake beers came from. I mean, it's a, a big and and pastry stouts. They just come from big fucking heavy ass desserts that people like to have every now and then. Oh, guess what? It's a goddamn trend. People like <laughs> I, I use the I use the uh, it's like lava cake or whatever the volcano cake at TGI Fridays where the fuck shit chilies whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever chain restaurant you have uh, it, they're gonna brew a beer that tastes like that uh, the tart and juicy beers that we have coming out how is that any different than any like uh, citrus citrus based uh, desserts or citrus based like salads that are fucking super super good in the summertime i don't know yeah. I, it, it pisses me off that people are sitting there like oh well check pilsner is gonna be the next big thing no it's not the check pilsner's already happened uh, now if people stop buying trendy beers then check pilsner might be popular again but it's not gonna be the next trend in beer no i mean i think every once in a while you strike gold thirsty goat right like things that for whatever reason shiner bach stick around as being a thing forever. But they're few and far between. If you're trying to predict the next trend, the next trend is never going to be, uh, sure. You might have one or two people predicting it, but it's, it's, it's rarely ever going to be something that the majority of people think will be the next trend. Yes, because that's the, it's called jumping the shark. As soon as you call out a trend as being, Oh, this is a trend. People are like, fuck you. You don't know what a trend is. And they don't buy that anymore. Like, And that's actually more popular to do than goddamn going out and buying the beer that everyone's buying. Like, it's more popular to shit on the people who are predicting it. Yeah, and quite frankly, to come full, full circle before we wrap up, the Natterday will sell more than any trendy craft beer you're going to find out there. So, you want to know if you come back to it, like, the people that have the money will sell the product that makes them money. 
And if if Natterday doesn't sell, stay on the shelf, it's not selling. From the sound of it, though, it is selling quite well, and it'll 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 stake out its place in the market. And craft breweries really need to kind of understand the industry that they're in, and quite frankly, in my opinion, need to understand that selling out at a reasonable price is not a bad thing. Well, see, here's the deal. I think we're past that selling out point. I think big beer, big brewers are looking at craft breweries and just going, nope, this is what we said was going to happen. We can do that. The only option, only option that small brewers are going to have is consolidate within themselves. Also, if, uh, if Natter day was smart, they would just do this as a one-off seasonal and wait for four years and bring it back. And it would be fucking insane. And then finally, to wrap up everything that I have to say about beer tonight, here's a fun fact. In a market like DFW, there is more vol- there's a higher volume of beer, so more basically barrels sold in the 24 and 40 ounce package. So singles. Mm-hmm. There's more volume of beer sold in single packages than there is in the entire on-premise of uh, a city like DFW. Every bar, every restaurant, there is more volume of beer sold in one, like onesies and twosies. Make, yeah, it makes sense. But let that sink in, because, you know, you think about all the places that offer happy hour, and like, oh, I'm going to go down and grab a drink with the boys, craft beer bars, big deal. They are a drop in the bucket. Yep. <laughs> in, and they, in the big actually, scheme of beer. Because of their non-brand ro- uh, loyalty, represent part of the problem. What on-premise bars? No, 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 no. Your 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 twenty-five tap rotational. Yeah, those. Uh, are, that's what I'm talking about. Those are those are bars and restaurants. Like all those places, yes. like fall into the on-premise. So I'm just what I'm what I'm indicating is is if you have a good product on-prem, no, a good product. The point itself, the point that I was making is you'll never catch. You'll never catch a single serve. No, no, I, I understand that. My, my, I was making a different point in saying that the, to me, those on-prem, um, twenty-seven tap establishments that constantly rotate the taps represent their own demise. Um, because in the end, sure, you're gonna pick kind of brews that you think people will enjoy. But scaling that business and maintaining that scale is based on a bet. It's based on understanding a market that you think you know, um, finding the next trend, um, kind of trying to stay ahead of the curve. But it's not. It's not. It's it's not sustainable. I mean, I I don't think the market can sustain twenty seven tap, twenty nine tap, whatever fifty tap varietal institutions. When people, um, at some point, will just say, "Either we don't drink beer anymore," with they're already kind of doing that, but more importantly, um, we 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 don't want to constantly like go on this exploratory path, you know. Like right. I, I think at some point that stops. I think uh, you're right, and we're seeing it. Legal drinking age consumers, the the young folks now. They're not. Uh, they're not buying it. Not at all. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see the next couple of years how uh, the beer world changes. Anyway, I feel like I feel like we got very depressing there at the end, and I'm sorry for that. I really am. No, uh, hey, listen. It's just 
drink the beer you enjoy. If you find something from uh, like a legit brewery, we've said this since day one. If there's something good, buy it and support the brewery. You're supporting you're people. supporting the people. You're not yeah. Supporting fucking style coming out of a keg. Like this is what people need to start realizing. This is about more. These people are trying to make a living. Yeah. Right? Like sure. Okay, yeah, I bought a six-pack. It was delicious. Now I'm going to go try to find the next six-pack. Okay. That's not how business works. <laughs> no, and if if you do that, don't be surprised or butthurt when you're around to that brewery, the six pack doesn't exist anymore because they closed. Yeah. And to which to that point I make, yeah, fuck it. I can just make the same thing at the house and I'm fine. <laughs> That's me. You shouldn't have sold the fucking six pack for goddamn nine dollars, right, Frank? Anyway. That's true. Okay. Uh <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for joining us this week and every other episode of No Beer Left Behind. I'm going to keep it short and sweet to let uh, Willem and Frank do their closing. Uh, For Brian here in North Texas, until next time, I'm out. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you have Natterdays in your market, please get some and try it and tell Brian on Instagram at No Beer Left Cast what you think of it. For Willem in Tulsa, Late. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>